The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Germ Warfare is Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I am stiff. I'm very stiff. I was in the gym earlier. My legs feel like jelly. Alex, do you gym? I... I was doing some squats earlier and I pushed up my weights and now I am feeling like I could just lie down. Ugh. It's a great feeling though after you've had a shower. I tell you what, health, health and well-being is something that has really, really shot to the forefront of my priority list since the beginning of this COVID era. I have outsourced less and less and less of my of my personal sovereignty to any type of authority, and that includes the pharmaceutical industry, that includes uh, the health industry. I am just so interested on making myself the most optimal. I want to perform at the best that I possibly can. So I don't mind feeling stiff from doing some deadlifts and and squats. I've got my own prison style setup in my garage, just with old school weights and barbells and pull-up bars and Stuff that uh, stuff that men did fifty years ago, you know, none of the fancy rubber band things that you find in the gyms now with these super circuit things where you run and you're done in twenty five minutes. I have nothing against any of that, but I I like the the feeling of the old school vintage Shawshank Redemption type setup. Send me an email. Uh, what is my ad- address? Gym Warfare at TNT Radio dot Live. I'm hopefully not going to bungle my my monologue today, Alex, uh, but you're welcome to laugh at me if I do bungle things like I did yesterday. I had no idea what I was talking about. I was mocking Joe Biden, and then I ended up talking like Joe Biden. Can you believe how Murphy's Law works? Uh, the live chat is open in front of me on TNT's website. Say hi. Let me know that you are listening. By the way, if you do send me an email, uh, live. Uh, let me know where in the world you are listening from. I do thoroughly enjoy hearing from from listeners. It makes everything so much better. I realize then that I'm not speaking into the void. And I know that there are people listening from all over the world. Uh, it's it's just such a wonderful thing. I got a, a great email from from John, uh, who's in who's in Sydney. Thank you, John. It's a long, long email. I won't uh, read it out. A great email from from Bruce. Uh, where 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 are you, Bruce? Oh, uh, Bruce is also in Sydney. Uh, lots of people, by the way, um, who listen to me are in Australia. Uh, somebody listening from Spain, somebody in Bermuda, somebody in Tasmania. It is just wonderful. This uh, technological revolution. It comes with lots of problems. It's, a, it's duality, it's a double-edged sword, but I thoroughly enjoy technology and I like playing with it. Anyway, I think it's time to get to my guest, Alex. Let's do this. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. The latest headlines. Politics are getting out of control. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yesterday, I had a South African on my show. Today, I have another South African on my show, Marianne Shearer. What an absolute pleasure to have you joining me in the trenches. And how are you? I'm very well in yourself. I'm all the better for speaking to you. I've been wanting to have you on my show for quite some time. Yeah, I've been listening to some of your guests. They're really, really interesting. I don't know where you find them, 
they fascinating people, absolutely fascinating thinkers. Well, then you're in good company. <laughs> then you're in good company, Marianne. Yep. <laughs> you people that make other well, people uncomfortable. Absolutely. And what's wrong with that? No, somebody's got to ask the questions. <laughs> uh, so for those listening right now, Mary Ann, they don't know who you are. So why don't you give me a quick bio? Quick bio? Oh, my word. Where do I start? Um, I have been passionate about health all my life and probably because I frightened myself into being interested in health. Uh, my mother had a medical encyclopedia at home. We grew up on a farm and that was her reference because we were far away from hospitals and doctors. And so before I could even read, I was looking at these really scary pictures of people with enormous goiters around their necks and bulging eyes and open wounds. And I would sit and look at this. I was horrified by what I was looking at. But at the same time, I was like totally fascinated. And uh, I didn't like the idea of blood and guts and gall, always interested in science and biology and human anatomy and chemistry and stuff and and didn't think that I could be a doctor because I couldn't handle blood or pus or puke or anything coming out of any end of anybody's body, including my own. I was horrified that I had stuff inside me. Even blood was badly enough, bad enough. And so I kind of just read everything I could on, on nutrition and eventually found, uh, studied through the in Institute of Natural Hi Health uh, Life Sciences in the United States. It was an independent college in Texas with correspondence. And I started applying the principles because I, I, I got into it more and more because I had terrible health issues. And that was the main reason. I had allergic dermatitis. The skin used to just peel off my hands and I had these blisters and I went to the doctor who put me on cortisone creams and, and then I went to the homeopath who gave me little pills, powders and potions depending on which one I went to and I went to the naturopath who gave me an entire box full of vitamin supplements and nothing really changed. And so I started, I kept asking questions. I was always somebody who asked a lot of questions and made people uncomfortable. You know, it was always, but why? But why? You know, well, you, 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 you've got allergies, but why? No, you just have it. It's genetic. And I said, but it's not good enough. And then I remember with my hands, they said, I said, my mother's got the same thing. You see, it's genetic. There's nothing you can do about it. You just have to put these creams on and cope with it. And then kind of stumbled across a, a book that my husband was reading about in the newspaper had come out. It was about food combining. And he said, this looks amazing because he'd been suffering from indigestion. And, you know, I was making healthy food. It wasn't like we were an unhealthy junk food family. As much as my husband helped open the first KFC in South Africa, he was a junk food eater himself. <clears throat> but I, you know, on my first date, I had a bottle of yogurt and he had a burger and I asked for a, a jar of honey. There was no such thing as sweetened yogurt when I was growing up. He bought a Greek yogurt and a jar of honey. That was the first date. <laughs> he thought I was really weird. And uh, yeah, it's, we, I read this book and it was about not eating concentrated proteins like chicken, fish and meat with concentrated carbohydrates like potatoes. And within four days, all my allergies had cleared up and my husband's indigestion was gone in the first day. And I'm like, this is it, we cured. So we kind of did that for a couple of months. We cured, nothing's not coming back. We went back to our old way of eating, all the symptoms came back again. And we said, okay. 
it didn't give me enough science. So I went to the physiology textbooks that I had and I started reading up about what is actually going on in the digestive process. And I found out that proteins digest best at a pH between two and three and carbohydrates best between a P, above the pH of four. And understanding chemistry, I knew that it was impossible to have a pH of four and a pH of between two and three in the same stomach at the same time. <clears throat> Not possible. You just can't do it. You got pH of seven in water. It's meant to be seven. Squeeze some lemon juice in there and it, it lowers the pH value. You can't have two separate pH values in one container. Not possible. So I thought, okay, this is now making scientific sense. And I was reading in the physiology textbooks. You know, on page 789 in guidance, it'll say proteins digest as a pH of two to three, ideally. And then seven pages later, it'll say, uh, carbohydrates digest as a pH of four. So I thought, well, this makes sense. Let's do it. But nobody else was doing it. I'm like, why doesn't anybody do this? Allergies went, they were permanently gone. It just like was amazing. I was mm. still making my own yogurt and making my own muesli. And I was making my own bread and kind of doing all the health things. But there's still some issues that we had. I still had some health issues. Um, Gosh, my kids had ear infections, tonsillitis, runny noses, and with three kids with snot streaming out one or other orifice in their body, I was not only nauseous, but <laughs> tired of going to the doctors and sitting there for three hours waiting for their appointment. I'm like, I'm not prepared to live like this. There's got to be another way. So I ended up at a homeopath, and he said to me, you're going to have to take dairy out of their diet. And, of course, the first question was, where are they going to get the calcium from? You know, like, we've got to have calcium from cow's milk. And he said, whoa, um, cauliflower. And I'm like, I'm a two-year-old kid. How much cauliflower can you fit in a two-year-old? The other kids were a little bit older, so they could handle it. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, this was before there was an internet. I couldn't just Google what are the best sources of calcium. Now, if I did it, it would tell me dark green leafy vegetables. So I was trying to do everything, asking questions. Nobody was giving me answers. I took the dairy out, all the ear infections, the tonsillitis, the allergic the um, rhinitis, the runny nose. So you had one with tonsillitis, one with snot coming out of the nose, and the other one with these terribly sore ears, and they were she was in agony all the time. Took it out, all problems went away. So there we were, kind of fumbling along, doing our own thing, but it was working, and our health just kind of improved. And then I was looking for somebody to study officially. I wrote to the local university. Uh, that time was the only university that was close to me was the University of... Um, in Pretoria, and I wanted to study dietetics. I thought, let me study dietetics. And honestly, in having an interview, having an interview, and and uh, and speaking to them, I was speaking to a very anorexic woman. She looked like she was about to die, and the other one was morbidly obese. And this was in the Department of Dietetics. I'm like, like, how can they be teaching people about health? But they weren't. They were actually teaching you about. Uh, micronutrients and macronutrients. And I've met with several dietitians over the years, and it's actually frightening to know that the food industry funds these degrees. In other words, you would mm. probably pay three times the price to go and study dietetics or nutrition if, you know, the flora margarine and the dairy industries, Nestle Food Company, and all these industries were not funding them, okay? So when I found that out, I thought, I can't study this independently. So I started looking for different things online, and I ended up with this organization in the United States. And 
since then, I mean, I don't stop studying. I'm always reading and researching and seeing. Yesterday's study came out about men's fertility, and I drill down and I look at where it's coming from. But I ended up also studying with the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in Washington, D.C. So I'm an Education Alliance partner in Africa. As far as I know, I'm the only one in Africa. I know there's one in Japan. There's several in the United States. And really, we work with people like Dr. Neil Barnard, who heads it. He was the guy who took all the studies showing that the studies show very clearly that the people that consume the most animal protein, I know you don't want to hear this one, is uh, the ones that are most likely to have um, heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. So, And they'd studied the reasons why, and there's countless studies. So they've been doing this from the 1980s, sort of mid-1980s, sending the research studies, you know, doing it, you know, small, the organizations become very big now. And they approached the United States government in 2009. So this has gone on from the 1980s to 2009 and said, you're not listening. People mm. are dying. The rates of cancer, heart disease, and diabetes is increasing, and you are not listening. You're telling them it's okay to eat some you know, processed foods. It's okay, and you can eat this, and you can do the next thing. And, and they've got the grains as the foundation, which is because the Kellogg's Food Company funds a lot of the food information that's going out there. So, and of course, it's processed and refined and everything else. So they sued the United States government in 2009. In 2013, they actually were forced because they had literally rooms full of, in, of, of studies that had been sent to them. And they were forced to change that food pyramid that puts the grains at the bottom. Of course, the cereal companies want that under there and then kind of stacks it all up to the top and then you've got chocolates and candy at the top. And they were forced to, to, to call it the food plate, which divided it equally into four. So you got fruit in one, uh, whole grains in one, vegetables in one, and then they put legumes in there. The United States government decided to put proteins in, and they adjusted the amount slightly. The one quarter was slightly bigger than the other. And then they took the dairy products and put it on the outside in a little plate and said optional. And it was the first time since the food group theory had come out that they said dairy products was optional. And the reason is because so many studies show that there's proteins. One particularly called P63, if I remember correctly, is a protein that is known to damage the pancreas and cause problems with the islets of Langerhans, which are the cells that produce um, insulin. So they found that studies are now showing that, in fact, have been showing since 1991 that I'm aware of the first study came out that the number one cause of diabetes, type 1 diabetes, is dairy protein. And if I think of how we were raised as kids, mm. mother's breastfeeding is not a big thing. You know, I mean, we were all raised on cow's milk and I had the worst blood sugar problems. I suffered from low blood sugar and with that, things like reactive hyperglycemia. And then I was diagnosed as being bipolar. So I had that as well. It was in there. And it was through changing my diet. I haven't had any bipolar incidents for over 35 years. I haven't had a mm. doctor's bill for five years. And, and from that point on, I started, you know, talking to people and they'd say, haven't you got a book? And then I wrote a book called The Natural Way, which became a very good seller in the 19, when it came out, 1991. And then people said, where am I going to get preservative-free foods? And where am I going to get this? And where am I going to get that? I'm kind of in the business of really solving problems. So I opened a shop. And then we sold preservative-free raisins and dates and pineapples and mangoes and preservative-free foods and natural things like total whole grain whole wheat bread, and we had um, oh, just in a wide range of, of products, which we still have a shop, but it's morphed into something even better than that. But that's where we started out. 
And then, you know, subsequently, to, you know, it, since then, we've had people say to us, look, we are on this program. We're eating amazingly. I not only wrote one book, I wrote some recipe books, three recipe books, and then I wrote Healthy Kids, which was all about how to raise healthy kids without us not streaming down their noses and how do you prevent behavioral problems and autism and ADD and all of this stuff. So I wrote that book. That book's just been completely updated now for the very third time. Sort of every 11 years I've updated it. And um, then I wrote a book called um, uh, Perfect Weight, which is really about not focusing on your weight, but focusing on getting healthy because people are so focused on their diet. I mean, I'm just dealing with a woman right now. She's 25 or 26 years old. She's just had three quarters of her stomach taken out she's got this gastric sleeve so the three quarters of the stomach is gone most of the duodenum is gone and now she's got all the side effects of it which are horrific and she, although she was told it in the beginning i think people just think well i won't have those side effects and she did this to lose weight because she's getting married and now she's stuck with this tiny mm -hmm. stomach and she's unable to absorb fat soluble vitamins and her digestive tract's not working properly it's so sad that people do stuff like this anyway. So those books came out trying to, and, and, and then I had people coming into our restaurant and saying, this is great. We're eating properly. Our kids are doing great, but I'm really fighting with the schools. So yeah. when I'd left school, I actually went to teacher's training college and studied to be a teacher. And, and I'm passionate about education, but nutrition was, I was way more passionate about healthy living. And so my teaching skills uh, that again, they helped me to teach people to get healthy. But people were saying, can't you start a school? And I've always had an issue with the educational system. I hated school. I did well at school, but I hated the educational system. And the reason I hated it more than anything else, they would say to you, what do you think this means in an essay? So you'd read something and say, what do you think this means? And then you'd write down what you thought it meant. And then they'd mark you wrong. And I'd say, you can't mark me wrong if you ask me what I think. You're telling me mm, that mm. my thoughts are wrong. What you've got to say is, what do I as the teacher think this is? What have I taught you it says? And what you need to do is memorize information and regurgitate it back to me. And then I'll think you're really smart and give you A's. So I hated the educational system. It made no sense to me that we had to memorize stuff and then just regurgitate it in a test and then get A's. And then it was great. Anyway, so when people started asking me that and they asked me over and over, can't you start a school, start you start a school? By then we'd moved down to the Western Cape and we were living on a small holding and we'd run our business from there and people were coming into our store. And I thought, we've actually got the space on this property. There's like, you know, I could move in the top of the, the warehouse restaurant here because it's my husband, myself, our kids are all grown up and we've got grandkids. So we converted our house into a school and we started a school where we fed people, kids healthy food, taught them about their bodies in a very natural, we don't force any of them to become plant-based, which is what we are, but yeah. we encourage them to eat whole foods. If you're going to eat anything, eat foods in its most natural form. Yeah. So yeah, and we taught them how to grow vegetables and we taught them how to um, do maths and science and all of this stuff. And it's the ninth year now. But what's been interesting, and part of what motivated me at the time, and this was a short bio which becomes really long, <laughs> is that you can, when adults are grown up, they're so set in their ways of living in an unhealthy way yeah. that they 
you struggle to get through to them in a certain way. They've, they've never learned to ask questions. They have no critical thinking skills. They just do what they're told to do. And now you're trying to kind of unbundle or unscramble this mess in their head where you don't ask questions, you just do what you're told. I'm going to get calcium from drinking cow's milk and that's what I need. Don't tell me not to drink it. And so I thought, well, starting a school would be a great thing because you could teach kids from when they're little. And mm. it's been an amazing journey. I mean, it's, it's amazing to see kids they don't all come here and they come from healthy homes. It's like the parents love the idea, but they don't do it at home. So they want us to get the kids healthy yeah. and then hopefully they'll go home. And they, they do, they go home and they kind of get their parents on the straight and narrow too. But what we see more than anything else is we see kids with ADD, ADHD, autism, when they change their diet to natural and whole food and tweak them in areas, we get, oh my word, we had one kid who was eating refined sugar, okay, not a lot. She was having, like, we struggled with her. And we said to the parents, get the sugar out the diet. It's part of the agreement. No sugar allowed for five days before they come to school. And uh, she just, eight years old, and was just not writing properly. She couldn't form her letters properly. Yeah. She couldn't count. To get eight, it's shopping. the sugar. Yeah. And so I mm. kept saying, we're going to take the sugar completely out. And parents like, it's only a little bit. It's a teaspoon on our oats. You know, we're eating well. I said, you've got to take it out. Not every kid is like this, but your kid, I'm telling you now, is like this. Yeah. During five days, this mess on the page, and you just saw it in, improve by, it was the 27th of February, we were working with this kid this year. And on the 1st of February, there really was a, an improvement in some areas. But by the time we got to day five, yes, it only I, takes five. I can believe Mm. Or straight lines, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful work. Counting to 20, recognizing all the numbers, and basically yeah. the teacher was saying, this kid is like, yeah, get rid of get rid of the sugar. Sorry, Marianne, can I just jump in quickly? If you don't mind, I hate interrupting, yeah. but I quickly have to go to an ad break. And while we are doing the ad break, Alex is just going to quickly chat to you about your microphone. There's something, there's something not not right there. So I'll be back with you shortly. TNT Radio's Lynn Shaw. So Houston, the government stepped in um, because failing, failing, failing grades. And they were also the government not happy with all of the programs for disabled kids. They were not uh, up to par. Now, it's fair to say, pre-pandemic, pandemic, now, education system lacking behind. Easily, kids are at least a year behind. Now, here's the problem. This is mostly the majority house is Republican. So the Democrats are fighting, again, that weaponization, which does not belong in the school classrooms and all that. But what do you do when it's a failing school system? And of course, the ACLU, they stepped in and they're fighting because they want everybody to have freedom. The problem with Houston is, and this is what we really have to look at, and, and people are afraid to really go near this point, but I'm going to mention it. The public school system in Houston is 90% uh, made up of children of color, black, Hispanic. And why not be able, in my warrior's dream world, can you imagine school choice for these kids? Who could really, you know, flower in this environment? Lynn Shaw on TNT Radio. Physical abuse, it's a gradual thing. It starts with a push, it starts with a slap, it starts with that look. And then it just gets worse and worse. You can't underestimate the impact of a woman being listened to and say, I hear you. This is unacceptable, what you're experiencing, and it can be the first step 
to rebuild their lives following domestic abuse. For any woman who is considering calling the National Domestic Abuse Helpline, we are completely confidential. Please do give us a call. We are here for you any time of the day or night, and you are not alone. Phone our free 24-hour helpline on 0808 247 or visit refuge.org.uk. A message brought to you by TNT Radio. You're listening to Germ Warfare with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Marianne, sorry for cutting you short there. I had to just quickly sort out that, that audio issue. <laughs> okay, let me just quickly play, play something to you. Take a listen to this. So currently I have um, three dishes and still exper- experimenting with more. Um, so it ranges from a pony worm to black soldier fly. Um, we use mealworms and also black soldier fly larvae um, as garnish. Uh, but we're still experimenting. The insects that we use, the black soldier fly larva, are much higher in zinc, iron, and calcium than beef. So they don't just have that protein and that fat component, they also have a very rich uh, mineral component, which is typically a deficiencies in the both developing and developed countries. So it's really, really important to incorporate the minerals as well. That is disgusting. So for those listening, that I think is a probably one of the first restaurants I believe in the world that's opened here in Cape Town that serves just bugs. That was the chef and then I think a chef's assistant, Marianne. How disgusting is that? Would you that eat bugs? That's totally disgusting. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking if, they, if they're going to go down that road, why don't you do something useful and serve mosquitoes and flies? Because I can't find any reason for them to be out there. <laughs> I hate mosquitoes. <laughs> but so this is what's so strange to me, Marianne, is that, okay, so why I love your work so much, and it's quite it's quite paradoxical because on the one hand, I'm, I'm not a plant-based person, but I love your work and I love what yeah. you represent and I absolutely um, just adore everything that you stand for. And I think maybe one of the reasons is because you're quite anti-establishment and, I, and, and that wins 10 points in my books right, right off the bat. But what do you think is going on? Because now you, you see that these oligarchs, these bizarre internationalists want us to eat bugs. It's, it's the ultimate form of groveling and pushing us down to such a low level of, of degradation, don't you think? I do, and I don't understand it at all because we've got so much land and anybody can grow anything anywhere as they've proven in Israel. I mean, they've taken the desert and made it bloom and you go and see what the farmers are doing there organically and how they're actually literally conjuring up water out of almost nothing. They're desalinating, they're recycling their water, they use it. It's amazing to see what farmers in Israel are doing. And honestly, why would you want to eat bugs in a country like South Africa where you can grow stuff so beautifully and everybody's going, oh, we're not going to have enough water and we're not going to have enough. There's just like this weird thing. Let's make everybody so fearful that we can just give them drugs to deal with their fear because they're so anxious and then we can control them. We'll have a bunch of zombies and they'll do whatever we want them to do and we'll keep all the good stuff for us and feed them insects. I mean, it's actually bizarre if you think of it. I mean, it's totally bizarre. So if you're starving and in the desert and all there is is grasshoppers and you've got grasshoppers or death, then go ahead and eat the grasshoppers. But seriously, we can grow anything anywhere mm. in 
as it's been proved, you can grow things in the desert. You just have to take all the stuff you throw away, your leaves and stuff that make make up your own compost. You can make compost anywhere, enrich the soil. We live on a, a place where there's thick yellow clay. It's taken us some years to rehabilitate our soil with compost and horse manure and biochar and all of this stuff. And I've got an avocado tree outside. There were 300 avocados. I stopped counting at 300. It's not a huge tree. It's probably only about 10 or 12 years old right now. And I've had this last year, we had just over 200. And the year before that was just over 100. It's just bizarre. And now I've got another five trees and I'm growing them in a region that everyone says you cannot grow fruit of any kind. In fact, you can't grow trees in Gordon's Bay because the wind's too strong. And it's nonsense. Because we're growing almonds and olives and avocados and butternut and all kinds of things coming out of the garden. It's so easy. And I just, it's like people are looking for the next. People are, the person, people on the street are kind of looking for the next like big fashionable thing, you know, not going back mm. to what our ancestors did. Let's go and look for the next thing. It's insects. And of course, y'all, let's just let the people eat. Never mind cake. As Mari on his internet reported to have said, let them eat insects. I mean, at least she was trying to give the people cake. Not like, we'll just go and eat bugs, you useless piece of rubbish. It's very useless eater. degrading, actually. Really. Uh, funny you say Mary Antoinette. I, as far as I know, she didn't ever say that. I, although, I mean, I, I don't know what the truth is, but either way, it's a great, it's a great saying. Funnily enough, also, um, I've been to her house. In 2019, uh, we went to France and we actually went to Versailles and uh, saw oh, where wow. she stayed. And she must have eaten lots of cake herself, I'm sure there. <laughs> I know, <laughs> well, I, I've heard as well that she didn't actually say that, but it's kind of cool to say that she said it because we can use it. <laughs> yes. And what's only, just while I'm on the topic, um, I say her house because she lived off the property. Um, she stayed in a, in a little, as it were, en suite. Um, but uh, <laughs> when I say a little en suite, we're talking about, you know, a palace. <laughs> Imagine. She needed that much space to move around in those huge big dresses. <laughs> well, you know, what's also really interesting to me is, is I think people ironically ate more healthy food a few hundred years ago, at least maybe not the peasant classes, but I think before sugar was introduced, there was a lot more whole yeah. food because they didn't have all the processing. Yeah. And people were growing their own food. Everybody knew how to grow stuff except Marie Antoinette. Mm. Most people had stuff growing in their gardens. They didn't have to have a farm. They just could live in suburbia. I remember growing up here even in, in South Africa and having an aunt living in suburbia in Durbanville with her chickens in the background and her vegetables growing over there and the chicken manure went onto the veggie patch and we'd stand at the kitchen window and look as the chicken head got cut off and it would run around the back garden and get all freaked Shame. out by it. <laughs> And then eat the chicken, and and nobody does that anymore. We, I mm. met a woman today. She's wanting to book her kids into the school, her three kids into our school, and she was telling me how they live on a small property in the Belleville area, and she says they are growing like huge amount of green vegetables there. So much so in this tiny garden that she's giving to her, her neighbors, and they're saying, "Where are you growing this stuff?" And she says, "In my garden." And they're saying, "But your garden's too small," and it's like. Mm. becoming weird to grow your own vegetables, although there is a movement. One of the good things that came out of the whole lockdown issue 
was that people started thinking about living outside of the cities, living off the land, yes. become self-sufficient. And that's been a really good thing. People want to get off the grid, grow their food, make their own shoes. That is a good thing. We should be self-sufficient. And that's kind of what we teach a bit at our school as well is don't be dependent on a system or the government to help you. You've got to be in a place where you can help yourself on every level. And that dependence is what the educational system was originally developed because, you know, you've got to think like we want you to think. You've got to act like we want you to act. Be fearful of not getting A's on your report and doing everything right. And then we can have wonderful soldiers who will be obedient and wonderful factory workers who won't get bored sitting behind something, just stamping something or putting a widget on another widget. Now we don't do that anymore because we've got robots that do that. But it's been yeah. an interesting thing that our educational system is stuck back there. Um, so there's some good stuff that people lived with the land, but the educational system going back a couple of hundred years is not good. We should learn in, you should have your kids in the studio with you learning what you're doing. We should have our kids learning alongside us. That's how people learned and they learned way, we were far better rounded. But then I suppose the parents were eating better, so their brains worked better too. <laughs> do you think that, that me, yeah. Do you think, do you think Mary Ann, that society is reaching a point where people are, are outsourcing every aspect of their being to various um, centralized authorities and including health. I do. And, 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 and it's, it's a really bad thing. I often talk about, you know, people came out of the dark ages of the church where Martin Luther nailed his thesis to the cathedral door because you could only read the Bible in Latin and very few people read it. So nobody knew what it said. So you could tell people anything, pay us money and then, We'll get your sins forgiven before you even commit them. Oh, you're going to commit more? You've got to give more money because a murder costs more money than lying, okay? So there was that kind of nonsense going on. I know I'm exaggerating a bit, but they, that was the nonsense. We, we, one of the good things about the internet is that we have access to information. you just got to know and, and, and your critical thinking skills help you find the right kind of information. And what's coming out is more and more people speaking out about our medical system and how it con totally controls us because – we just don't, don't question. You know, doctors are God, and I have friends that are doctors, okay? I'm not anti-doctors. If I'm in a car accident, I need a doctor. I don't need a glass of carrot juice. Maybe afterwards while I'm recovering. You've got to get the blood back in the body. you reset the bones or whatever. So, so what we do is we're just handing our bodies over, and it started with medicine, where we just hand our bodies over to the high priests of medicine, and they put us on the altar of surgery and remove body parts. You know, the tonsils come out. I had my tonsils out at four. It's the first line of defense in the body. We take it out because you have tonsillitis. No, take the dairy products out. The tonsillitis goes. Leave the tonsils there. You need them for the immune system. Oh, you've got appendicitis. We'll just take that out. Also part of the immune system. Oh, you've got heavy menstrual bleeding. We'll just take out your uterus. You know, you've got gallstones, well, we'll take out your gallbladder. And it just carries on. I mean, until eventually they've taken out every single piece that you can manage without, but you don't really manage. You don't really have great quality health. And you've got to, you can with very strict eating and a strict lifestyle, get it back. But it is, it's the sense of like, we used to do it as kids. Going to the doctor, the doctor's going to fix you. So that mindset was there as kids. Like if you go to a specialist, the specialist will fix you. 
if you go to the mechanic, he'll fix your car. We should learn to fix our own cars. What do we think? We, we can't fix our cars because we've only got a degree in accounting and we don't know how to touch car engines. That's for people that don't have accounting degrees. We should mm. all know how to fix our stuff and fix our bodies. And people have lost the art of fasting, which is animals do it, kids do it. If you're, not, if you're sick, you just don't eat. You sleep. But we get terrified. I haven't eaten a meal. Like I'm going to die. It's the most bizarre mm. thing. But animals in the wild will just go and lie down. And, and in fact, we have. We've just we've handed over. It's everything. I mean, it's just like we're just following the next trend, the next person on, on YouTube who's setting some kind of trend. I mean, I was listening to somebody today and they said, the well-known person with their own, own uh, channel on, on YouTube in the United States, and she was saying it. I'd never expected this from her because she's involved in the news. She said, I would raise my eyebrows, but I, I can't because my Botox is still too effective. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you have your hair cut. It's, it's, funny, and, it's funny and sad. It is. It's very sad. And then mm. you get these people that end up looking like something's gone wrong with their faces. Their eyes are all like, sort of Asian looking and their faces pulled weird and they can't talk. I mean, some of the famous actors are doing it. I'm like, why can't you just grow older and have lines on your face? It's like, actually, you get such wisdom as you get older. And it's like showing that you've earned that wisdom, you know. The mm. weird thing is they go and do to their faces and then they don't get any movie roles anymore than the actors. I mean, you just don't see Meg Ryan in a movie because you don't, nobody recognizes her. <laughs> So yes, um, and also that uh, that 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 lady from um, from Friends. What's her name? Um, she was Monica, whatever whoever the actress yes. is. She looks she looks atrocious. She looks terrible. Oh, it's scary, actually. It's very very scary. It's like you get zombies just all doing the same thing, and then you got these rebels on the other side who ask questions, want to do their own things, want to be independent, don't want to depend on the system, don't want to depend on how many people you've got following you. I mean, it's relevant. Mm. If you're able to, if you're able to help people and enlighten them and, and get them healthier, more sane, sleeping better at night, whatever it is that we're doing, you know, you exposing people to other people out there who think and ask questions and you begin to realize there are a whole bunch of us out there. It's not just me on my own. And, and then yeah. people start saying, I used to think that, but I was too scared to say it out aloud. And now Programs like yours are giving people permission to ask questions, permission to mm. not toe the line, permission to dig our heels in and no longer rebel quietly, but just do what we know is right. Marianne, I quickly have to do an ad break, but I'll be back with you in a moment. Bam, bam, bam. Climate homicide. New paper in the Harvard Environmental Review calls for prosecuting big U.S. oil firms for climate debts. From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. According to the U.K. Guardian, a new paper in the Harvard Environmental Law Review argues that oil firms are killing members of the public at an accelerating rate. Using a novel legal theory, 
They're going to prosecute big oil for their impact on global warming and thus allegedly killing large members of the public. Blaming fossil fuel companies for climate homicide is all part of the plan to merge public health and climate change. We've already seen doctors diagnose the first patient as suffering from climate change. Academics calling for adding climate change as a cause of death on death certificates. Of course, they ignore the reality. Climate-related deaths have dropped nearly 99% since the 1920s. It turns out fossil fuels have kept the public safe from an untamed climate. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. When the forgotten poor are in need of healing, they wait for a ship unlike any other. Mercy Ships, a floating hospital staffed by volunteers, heroes of mercy who donate their time to save lives. Every human has the right to have a place at the table of the human race. If you could just see the smiles that you get when lives have been changed, then it would make it all worth it. To learn more about Heroes of Mercy, go to mercyships.org. Talk that matters. Germ Warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I think, Mary Ann, you were touching on something that is quite important for me. This whole COVID thing, story, narrative over the last few years has forced a lot of people, including me, to, to relook at a bunch of things that I thought I once knew. For example, I might not have had this conversation with you five years ago. You're right, I would have laughed it off. Um, now I think that your work is outstanding. It's it's great. I think it should be shared everywhere. I love what you represent. Now he, he asked where the paradox is because you know you know me. I I go hunting. Now I don't go hunting because I like killing animals. I, I bring the meat home because it's it's the healthiest that I can find. Now is that something you would agree with at least? I would. Because I, I'm always telling people, I'm not on a mission to convert people to be radical vegans. I don't like radical anythings. I think we've got mm-hmm. to keep our minds open to be able to ask questions. And we get set in a, a, a thought process where our way is the right way, my way or the highway. You've got to agree with me. I don't agree with you. I'm going to kill you because you don't want to agree mm-hmm. with me. You know, you're saying you're a vegan, but you eat honey and you wear leather shoes. You know, I mean, it gets obsessive and fanaticism yeah. in any sphere of life is always often destroys both the fanatic and the, and the aims. A quote from Dr. Um, Dr. Mayer, Bernard Mayer. Um, I agree completely with you. I tell people that what we do know is if you eat too much animal protein, your chances of cancer are increased. As Dr. Colin Campbell says, you can load the gun with pres- you know, preservatives, additives, pollution, all this stuff, but it's too much animal protein that pulls the trigger. So when they looked at the Philippine kids that got very little cancer, it was ones eating the lowest amount of animal protein. And that's where this original study came from, and they started investigating that. So what we do know is that animal protein shouldn't be more than 5 to 10% of your daily calorie value. And if you work it out, it's kind of not more than like half an egg a day, or what you could say is an egg, an organic egg every other day, or a piece of chicken. I always say to people is, it's difficult to say an egg, take the palm of your hand. It shouldn't be bigger than the palm of your hand more than once every second day. So three times a week, basically. And then it should, if you're going to eat animal products, only eat organic stuff you've gone and shot yourself. And people are horrified at that. And I'm saying, but at least you know that it was out in the wild and it's not full of mm. hormones. And I was reading it. So yes, organic. I won't even, I won't even encourage people to eat fish because the season is such a 
bloody mess, excuse my French, but yeah. there's a lot of mercury. And I know it's just trying to find this balance of climate change and then the fact that there is pollution out there. The seas are polluted, horribly polluted, and there is a lot of mercury in them. Um, and there's a lot of drug residues in the in the rivers and in the seas because of all the stuff coming out of the sewage systems. When I say drugs, I'm talking about pharmaceutical drugs. But mm. I was just reading an article yesterday, it came out on BBC showing that um, uh, fertility rates in men has dropped dramatically. It used to, from the 1970s, I read that too. drop. You read it, okay? So, mm. so what they're saying is pollution causes it. And I'm like, I've never heard such drivel in my life. They're using hormones to make mm. cows and chickens and even fish like salmon grow faster so you can get a quicker return on your investment. So the, the hormones they're using are estrogen-based. So this is going into men, women, children, and it's affecting them. And so we're getting these transgender people who are confused because they're getting the wrong hormones put into their bodies by the food they eat. For goodness sake, go and kill a buck and eat it like that because at least you know it's not going to interfere with your whole endocrine system. And that would be the better way to do it. So I'm 100% with you. I'm not anti-meat. Yeah. You know, I'm anti the system, that this mass farming exactly. and the cruelty to animals. You're going to shoot a buck, you shoot a buck, you take it home, you clean it up, and you fill your freezer and you eat of it for the next three months. But this mass farming, that's the problem. It's not the yeah. killing of the buck. It's not the catching of Big your agriculture. Yeah, Big agriculture. Yeah, huge. Anything. Mm. Anything's hyper schools, big schools, big problem. Kids... Schools shouldn't be bigger than 120 kids because then you get gangs and bullying and all these problems you get in schools because they're too big. You should have lots of little schools all over the place that children walk to, not have to drive halfway to the other side of the road of the country, you know, to go, or they've got to go to boarding school because they can't get there on time in the mornings. It's the same with anything, hypermarkets, you know, huge, big stores. It's just like, bye, 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 bye. Go back to having markets and and I know it's an idealistic way of looking at it, but we've actually got to go smaller and be self-governing. I mean, we really go yes. look after ourselves, govern our lives, govern our communities, look after ourselves. Not this big brother is going to fix you. Big brother is going to pay you money to stay home and do nothing because we've got stupid people that pay us taxes that, and we can use their money. You know, I mean, it just mm. gets completely out of it. One of the things I like about Cape Exit, that's a totally different thing, but they've got this teal system. Where between half a percent and one percent is being taken every time you put money in and out of a bank, they will take the banks will pay that money directly to the government. That makes sense to me. The people that are spending lots of money pay more taxes. The people that don't have money to spend can't. I love mm. that. And then there's no VAT, no VAT, no sales tax, no forms to fill in, nothing. That's just how they're gonna work. So just based on that tax system, I'm gonna go for Cape Exit. But um, I think what's what's really important here, and this is pretty much the 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 overarching thread of this conversation, and this conversation I can just keep having because I'm very passionate about it. But it's about feeling good when you wake up in the morning, and also sleeping well, obviously, but also performing optimally. I mean, this is what this is how you this is how you defeat bad people. You first win the local battles, and the most important is what's on your plate. This one here. You win the battle within yourself. That's exactly it. And it's the thing that I keep telling people. I'm not your guru. I'm not here to, although the word gu and ru is like darkness and cast out. So it's actually quite a cool word, casting out darkness. It's a good, good thing. But I'm not here to tell you what to do. I mean, we do online Zoom sessions and, and I tell them every single week. 
All I'm here to do is help you create an environment mm. in which your body can repair itself so you can live in the sweet spot of health. What does that mean? It means you wake up every morning with energy. Firstly, you sleep really well at night, and then you wake up really with energy in the morning. And the one woman today was saying she's you know, been working on her diet for the last two years, and she said the last week she's waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and her single biggest problem and the reason she changed was she never had any energy, no energy. Yeah. She said she's yeah. got so much energy. She said her mind is crystal clear. So if you create the right environment in which your body can repair itself, everything starts to work properly. You know, your bowels are working properly. They're emptying. Who wants to be constipated and struggle when they go to the bathroom? Who wants to have terrible body odor? They walk around stinking all day long and like no amount mm. of deodorant and some people have those problems. Who wants to feel like a crazy person, which is what I used to feel like. Not everybody has weird stuff going on in their head, but I certainly did, and I struggled with it. I don't want those weird thoughts, you know, I'm going to be the first serial killer in the world, a woman serial killer in the world, not first serial killer. Those are weird thoughts that go on when you're diagnosed with bipolar. stuff that goes on your head. You don't want to talk about some of the sick stuff that goes on in your head. That goes away. So you're sane. You've got energy, you're sleeping properly, and man, you can work harder than anybody else around you. You can think faster. So, you know, we actually just like call our programs Whole World Well because that's our mission. If we could get the yeah. whole world well, one person at a time, we're going to have more sane people, and more sane people means a better world that we're living in. People are thinking for themselves, they're looking after their bodies. And it's, I, want, I love what you're saying is start with this battle that you've got in yourself. You know, It's not about your weight. If you're overweight, it's because your body is not in a healthy place. So get your body healing itself, and then it just literally, and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes two to eight years to get everything on track, depending on how many changes you make and how fast they are. But it and it's not a long time because most people change when they sort of pass their 30s. You know, up until 30, you think you're invincible and then things start kind of, the wheels start falling off for some. For some, it's at 40, some 50, some 60. But, you know, it's not a long time. So for 30 years, you just put anything into your body and you just didn't pay it any attention. And now you're changing. Two to eight years is not a long time. Mm. At least it's not taking to undo the damage. The body's amazing. It repairs itself when you let it. It's just the most amazing organism. And the more you study the human body, the more you completely, I'm completely convinced there is a maker, a creator, because it's too yes. well designed. I mean, it's like saying you walk into the Kalahari Desert and you see a Ferrari sitting in there and you say, oh, whoa, man, check this rock. It evolved into a Ferrari. Like any of you said that, people think you're crazy. No ways this body could evolve. It's too well designed. I mean, mm. the cells do the liver performs 500 different functions. Just one liver keeping you going. You're not even aware of it. You're not even consciously sending in a message. Do, do, do thing number one, number two, number three, number four. It just does it on its own. It's just so amazing. Marianne, time is very quickly running against us. I'll have to invite you back in the near future because I'm enjoying chatting to you. But let's just quickly promo your work now uh, keep in mind that i have an international audience so how can my international audience follow you they can get onto wholeworldwell.com i've got all the information on there uh their various courses and programs they can get onto my youtube channel and they can watch and listen um mainly i'm talking about nutrition and health and and there's some things to cook and make there's some cooking things as well it's why I sit with this background here. It's all about making food and helping the human body enjoy that food. 
So wholeworldworld.com and then our YouTube channel is there. You can subscribe. I'm doing a webinar with a mom in Chicago on the 22nd. Um, and if they get onto wholeworldworld.com, they can subscribe to our newsletter or subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the notification bell so that we can notify you because the message we're going out, I'm doing autism on the 22nd. She raised two autistic kids and was told that nothing could help them. They were, this was a sentence for life. And she was very depressed and she cried a lot and her husband cried a lot. And today those boys are 24 years old. One is studying to be a lawyer. The other one's doing sports science. By the age of 10, 12, she had worked consistently on their diet and what they were eating. And today they're completely cured. She believes and she's seen it. She works with a lot of autistic people that autism is completely curable and that your children can become normal. So I'll be speaking to her. So YouTube and our website, wholeworldwell.com, they can get hold of us and find out more. Um, yeah, we do some interesting things. I'm going to be talking about fertility as well in May on the webinar. I'll be talking about male fertility and sperm count and all of that stuff and how easy it is to fix fertility issues. It's not complicated. It may take a while, like maybe three to six months, but I've seen people fall pregnant within six weeks of taking just one food item out of their diet that everybody Hold is on. consuming. You said you've seen people fall pregnant. Well, you know, couples fall pregnant these days. If you say my wife's <laughs> pregnant, my husband likes to say we're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> of course, these days, Marianne, we don't know what a woman is. We don't know what a woman is anymore. No, some people don't, but I really do. And I'm one. <laughs> Born that way, staying that way. I agree. I also know what a woman is. And Alex, do you know what a woman is? I think Alex knows what a woman is. Yes, he's nodding away. He knows what a woman is. Marianne <laughs> Shearer, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thank you for inviting me. Bye. No, it's a great pleasure. And by the way, before you go, Marianne, I just want to point out, uh, only Alex and I can see you. Those listening cannot see yeah. you. You are definitely yeah. walking the talk. Uh, you do not look anywhere near your age. You said you're a grandmother. You look a hell of a lot I'm younger. I'm a great grandmother. So, In January, you became a great grandmother. <laughs> my word. I cannot believe that. So someone's, somebody once said, somebody once said, don't take dietary advice from an obese person. Well, you're certainly not that. You are absolutely 100% what you say I'm you are. So. I'm inviting you both officially to my 120th birthday. It will be in 2078, the 13th of February, 2078. There we you go. Just need to so, so, so Alex is in Australia. Alex in Australia. So he has to fly for that one. Oh, yeah. 120. <laughs> that's I want to make sure that when I get there, my bladder, my bowels, and my brain are still working perfectly. I'm Lovely. All right. I've got, to, I've got to go, Marianne. I've got to go. Bye. Time's running out, but... Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex, for uh, the show today. I'm glad that everything has been fairly smooth. Send me an email. My name, or not my name, send me an email at germwarfare at tntradio.live. Uh, up next is George Eliason. Stay tuned for that. Uh, download the TNT app. It's in Apple and Google. Uh, take a listen to all my shows before you listen to anybody else because I am just the greatest. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm second. Uh, actually, I don't know. There are so many good show hosts on TNT. I think I'll just put myself at the bottom so I can set the bar really low and then work my way up from there. Okay, I think that's my housekeeping done. Tomorrow, I'll have Zuby, the uh, conservative hip-hop artist, 
on the show with me. Looking forward to that. I'm out here. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.